you're either going to get overwhelmed and that you're not going to be building your community. You're going to be building a mentorship, which is important. They all have their place. But when it comes to like-minded people and people who you may be farther along in one aspect of your career, and they may be farther along in one aspect of their career, but you can give and you can take from each other and you can just constantly grow together. I feel like there's just something special that happens. Welcome to Rep Your Brand a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams in B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around, and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today, I'm especially excited because our guest is Tara Horsmeyer, former Gravy SDR manager and founder of Happy Words. She's one of the best writers that I personally know and is a must follow on LinkedIn. Plus, she's also the nicest and most warm hearted person ever. Tara, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Awesome. So honestly, most people know who you are. So I want to kind of get into it and just start to talk about your journey a little bit. And speaking of your journey, you went, and I love this personally, you went from sports journalism to social selling and ministry leadership, all while enjoying your freelance writing and strategic content development side hustle. It's an interesting path. I also went down the sports path, so can totally relate here. But like how let's talk about why that path has helped you get to where you are today. Yeah. So I love that we can kind of connect on the sports side of things because that really is like my first love. Um, I was an athlete growing up. I played tennis. I played volleyball until everybody outgrew me. I'm really tiny. I'm only about five foot, but I grew up a competitor and I grew up somebody who absolutely loved just any kind of competition. And of course, once that outpaced me and my skills, I'm like, well, hey, I love writing. I love sports. And so I found a way to kind of match the too. So in college, I decided, hey, I want to really go into the more writing field, into journalism, but how can I bring my love for just competitive sports into it? And so my minor slash outside concentration, I went to the University of Florida, was in sport management. So I got to take some really interesting classes that I definitely think still speak to a lot of my heart today. But my first job, my first kind of big girl job outside of college was working on the sports desk, uh, the copy desk at our local newspaper in Gainesville, Florida, where the University of Florida is. And I got to work with our reporters and just really dive into that side of things as a sports copy editor. And that's just what honestly honed my love for writing. But more than that, I really think for editing and for being somebody kind of behind the scenes who loves to make other people shine. And so that's kind of the foundation of not only what um, I've been doing along the way, but really to, led me to what I'm doing now, which we'll talk more about. But 
being young, being in my 20s, it just hit me at some point, like, when do sports happen? Nights and weekends. And I'm like, 23, 24. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all my nights and weekends when all my friends are going out, everybody's hanging out was spent working, which again, is something I loved, but I'm like, this is not sustainable. And that's another big thing about me is I'm all about doing what you're passionate about, but I'm also about living a life that you can actually sustain. So that's when I kind of took a turn out of sports journalism and uh, followed through. And I was an editor for a publishing company for, gosh, about five or six years. I loved that. That was more sustainable, more, you know, nine to five-ish. And then eventually uh, started my own kind of like little selling business on the side. And that's where I really learned social selling and the art of just connecting and engaging over social media. And yes, there was a sales component of it. But the best thing that I got from it was the relationships, which again, if you'll see in every job I've ever had, they've had three pillars. They've had people, they've had words, and they've had leadership and relationships. So I really got to kind of dive into that, develop community, develop my own community, and um, use that as a platform for helping people excel and as well as meeting my own sales goals. And then moved into ministry leadership, which is people who don't know me very well are like, wow, what did you do there? And so I worked at, it's really, it was the largest church, I think, or the largest student ministry in the country. I think it still is, or at least top two. So it works way more like an organization than it does mom and pop church on the corner. I had hundreds of volunteers that I led and that I directed and managed as well as just did all of the writing, speaking, I mean, every kind of communication. Um, but that's where I fell in love with truly using your words as a method of um, inspiring and informing because you don't give people a paycheck. You know? So using that as a way to really grow my leadership and grow my writing and communication skills was paramount in my time on staff at a large church and then moved from there to gravy. So if somebody does the math, they're probably like, oh my gosh, you know, but it was a span of about 18 years moving through those roles. Um, so that's where I ended up just a few, it'll be three years ago when I started this August at gravy. That's amazing. It's a fun fact. I actually used to be an Alta server when I was younger. So like that was, yeah, it was me and me and my friend. It was like, I did it for probably well, three or four years. So it was always, it went, when you mentioned that to me and when I found out about it, I was like, oh, it's like super interesting because you don't really hear that much. And then you've got the, I went to school for sport management. So it's like, it's like an interesting path. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, it's amazing. And like, you don't really obviously community is a big part of it. And like, that's, mm -hmm. I know we talk about community a lot and I feel like the community is kind of at like the forefront of, of everything. And so like, why do you think community is so important to really everything from whether it's social selling, whether it's sports, it all revolves around community. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that is a word that I wrote to Justin Welsh, to, I think yesterday that we we're laughing, undergirds. It is such a good word, but it really is talking about that it is the foundation. So I always encourage people start there. Don't try to start building something until you're a part of something, you know? And so I think that the second that you bring in others alongside your journey, whether it's day one, day 50, day 5,000, that you are surrounding yourself consistently with people who are not only, a lot of times we want 
want to go out and we want to get a mentor and we want to jump ahead and go 5,000 miles a road. We as in me, I'm so guilty of this. Instead of saying, you know what, I really need to surround myself with people who are on a similar journey of mine and that I can learn from while we are taking steps together. Because I find when you start too soon and you think too far ahead that you're either going to get overwhelmed and that you're not going to be building your community. You're going to be building a mentorship, which is important. They all have their place. But when it comes to like-minded people and people who you may be farther along in one aspect of your career, and they may be farther along in one aspect of their career, but you can give and you can take from each other and you can just constantly grow together. I feel like there's just something special that happens and you end up, I believe, going farther faster because you're going it together rather than trying to keep pace with somebody who's always going to be ahead of you. And again, they all have their place, but I do think community is the way to grow, not just in social media presence or your brand building presence, but just in your life presence of like, hey, who are the people kind of to my left and to my right? And how can I help them as a form of giving back, but then also be on the receiving end? I think you're just going to grow as a human when you're growing in community. That that was like... When it, I feel like, and I've I mentioned this to you before, like everything that you say, just like totally, it clicks, like it makes sense. So like, I mean, I 100% agree with that. So you talked about something recently on LinkedIn. And so for nearly 13 years, your LinkedIn account sat dormant. What made you flip that switch and become a content creator in June of 2020? Whew. So the journey on LinkedIn is one of my favorites. So a lot of people do know me because of my time at Gravy. And so if anybody's listening and they're on LinkedIn, they probably know Gravy pretty well at some point. And, you know, I'm sure follow Casey Graham. And if you don't go follow him, you'll learn so much. But it really started internally. And that's what the cool thing about our journey was. Casey, so I guess it was probably about two years ago. He, he tells the story all the time. Like he didn't even know his password. I think he went on to LinkedIn to like try to cancel something or whatever. And then all of a sudden stumbled upon like, oh my gosh, there's content on here and there's just great people. And so he was doing it himself, walking the walk and then kind of reporting back on Slack. Oh my gosh, I'm meeting with these great people. I'm learning, I'm connecting, I'm growing. And it was never a, you have to do this or you should. He's just a great like, lead by example person of like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is These are the benefits that I'm getting. If you want to, you should try this too. And I'm over here like, hmm, I can write. I like this. So I just sat and watched. And this is like my biggest encouragement, especially for people starting on their journey, is there's no need, in my opinion, that you just need to jump in and dive two feet first and just run for it. Like spend time like anything else, almost like you're just kind of going in the first day and take notes. So from that about two years ago this fall, I just started taking notes, really. I logged into LinkedIn. I kind of worked on my profile, but I didn't post anything. Like I just started following people. I started connecting in DMs, like never asking for anything. Just, oh my gosh, I'm learning from you. Thank you. Marcus Chan is one of, I mean, he and I joke all the time was like the first person that we just videoed back and forth. And he has been kind of like my offline cheerleader forever. So I just connected with great people and they encouraged me, not just Casey, but other people I started just building one-on-one relationships with, started commenting on their stuff and just finding my voice and getting my feet wet. So I tried kind of and stopped right before COVID hit. I think I put like two posts up or something and I was like, you know, what? 
totally went AWOL, but then it was in June of last year. And I was really supporting a lot of the content that Gravy was putting out at that point. So I feel like I was doing a lot of LinkedIn without doing a lot of LinkedIn. But then I finally was like, you know what? I'm ready to come out as me on the platform and present ideas from my point of view. But by then I had relationships. I had a voice. I had something to say. I had basically just gotten my feet wet and gotten my swimming legs under me by doing all those things, by connecting and by commenting and showing up just consistently on the platform. So by the time I kind of came out and put out my own post, everybody's like, oh, well, there she is. <laughs> it seemed like I'm literally coming out of left field because it's like, oh, well, it's about time you know, that you're doing this. Exactly. Like you mentioned, it's all about showing up at the end of the day. And like, that's something that I think is incredibly important because I was similar to you as well. And like, we started around the same time because like, I was like March of 2020. So it's crazy. And something that I want to kind of like go into because when I started posting, I was at a company called Clary. So you worked at Gravy for about two and a half years. I feel like Gravy kind of set the standard, you know, a year ago on like how to get employees active in building their own brands. And so it was always like Clary, Gravy, Gong, um, I think was another one. Drift, Drift was up there a little bit. But, you know, what was it like working there from a point of view of like building your brand? Like what was expected? I know you mentioned that it wasn't required. It was just something where Casey was saying, hey, you know, this is what I've seen. But like, what was expected or like, what was a hopeful outcome that you were looking to achieve? And do you feel like it opened doors that you never thought were possible before? Oh, yes. (laughs) I am like the poster child of what a company brand can do or what a personal brand can do, both for your company, but also both for you personally. And I don't shy away from talking about this because it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm passionate about sharing with other people and, and other founders and CEOs and team members, because I think it is so important. And number one, just from an expectation standpoint, the only expectation that I think that was really put out there was, hey, if you're going to do this, show up. If you want X, you're going to have to do A, B, C, D all the way through that. So it wasn't like, I want this, you know, you to do this. It was, hey, if you have any kind of expectations, you're not going to come in overnight and be Casey Grant. Like nobody is, that's his person, but he's also writing from his perspective that I don't have. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm not him. I'm just going to come in as me. So there was never any, there was just encouragement, but I am that personality where if someone is showing me some really cool benefits and tangible, like, Hey, you can have these one-on-one conversations. To me, it was all about learning because the seat that I was in being an SDR manager, number one, I wanted to open doors for my team. It's like, Hey, they're on here prospecting. And even if not all my SDRs are going to build a personal brand, they can at least have familiarity that can open the door. It's not going to lead to a booked meeting. It's nothing, but at least if I can make that a little bit easier for them, I want to do that. Like I want, I'll be okay. Kind of like putting myself out there. Cause at that point I was completely out of the SDRC, even though I would entertain inbound meetings and questions all the time, I was really leading them. So my goal was, Hey, I just want to have awareness, brand awareness and bring that in a way. And so that's kind of how it started. So there was no literally like you have to post this and this is what it looked like. But we did have internal slack of like basically like breaking down things in coaching and like why you should leave space and why. But again, it's not like, okay, submit your post before and make sure because that is so like anti-Casey Graham that I can't even. He is so like, 
hey, you've got to show up as you and I'm here to help you if you want help. And I'm here to encourage you if you want encouragement and do all of that. So I was very much, I learned by watching and then by doing. So that's kind of how that spurred my journey on to just start with like working at Gravy to build your personal brand is like, yeah, <laughs> like you should if you want to, but there's tons of people who don't want to. And that's totally fine too. It's not like, oh gosh, you're less than a human. But if you want to, there's plenty of opportunity to kind of learn how to do that and be supported. So yeah, so that's kind of the first part. Now the second part of your question and like what it doors it opened for me, once I got out there and started really kind of defining my niche at that time, because I'm also the poster child of, hey, you can make, you can pivot, you can make changes. So I started getting a lot of inbound requests on just writing of like, hey, can you help me produce this? Or do you do any freelance writing on the side? What does that look like? And I was very protective of my time, but just even the interest got me interested in being like, this could be fun if I want to dive deeper into just doing a couple of side projects here and there. That was literally like I did two. <laughs> that was plenty for my time, you know, totally off hours. But what it really awoke in me was like, hey, depending on where my life leads and what is important as I grow, as gravy grows, as next steps become clear to me, that led just me being out there led to an awareness of an opportunity that if I did have a need to say, hey, I need to make some changes, that there was going to be ample support for me to be able to do so if I chose to do so. Nice, nice. That's amazing. And so I feel like that kind of goes into like the next piece of this. So I want to give you a huge shout out on your new company, Happy Words. I know the website's launching in July. So for everyone listening, you know, what is it? What are you trying to accomplish? Like, tell us a bit more about it, because I feel like that is possibly a door that opened from building your personal brand. Oh, it 100% was opened from that. I mean, I don't think I would have had the courage or the confidence to step out on my own. So Happy Words started as uh, just me being a freelancer and saying, hey, as I transitioned out of gravy and left in December, it was very much, and so I had a lot of what was called, I think Jeff Henderson coined it, but vision insecurity, where I think a lot of people are like, I have to have every next step of my life completely planned out to a T, at least three, six, nine months. And that's not me. I wish it was, and I want to be that way. But when I left gravy, it was, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to freelance. I know I really enjoy this, but I don't know what the next stage of my life. And I'm still sitting here and I'm like, I'm figuring it out and it's okay. But one thing that has really taken shape over the last six months and where this came from was a purely a freelance opportunity where a few things came inbound of, hey, can you help me do this? Can you help me write? Can you help me edit? And after taking on a few clients, totally not in the direction that I would go, um, Happy Words really was birth out of the love to where I can help executives and professionals connect authentically by communicating genuinely, specifically through ghostwriting and editing services. So that's where I say it's kind of a full circle for me, coming back to being an editor and helping and using my skills um, to help other people shine instead of saying, hey, my name needs to be in lights. Like I actually get the most joy by helping other people get their name in lights by taking their genius and just helping them craft words or craft um, ideas based around what they would already say, think and do, and then just communicate that in a way that feels genuine to them or uh, take what they already have and just kind of clean it up and polish it up a little bit and then help them run with it. So that's really where I've kind of landed and that's what uh, this company is all about. 
Nice. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I can't wait to, to see the website. I know you're going to do an amazing job. So I'm looking forward to it. So recently, Dave Gerhardt said on this podcast that he believes the personal brand is the new company brand. I know you touched on this a little bit briefly, but since you've branched out on your own and you've also worked for a company that kind of had the same mentality, like what's your thought on that statement? Oh, I I mean, I agree a thousand percent. He really hit the nail on the head. And I love that he has a book coming out about this because I've even talked with companies on the side saying, hey, Tara, can you help introduce this to our employees? Or what does this look like from a founder's sake? And I say, absolutely. Like it, it really is bringing a personality or company. But I think this is more than H to H and it's more P to P. Those are kind of like terms we all know and can appreciate. But the thing is, is that we are in a new era, kind of the every man that is uh, taking over the face of brands. And I love it. I mean, I couldn't be more excited because to be honest, a lot of people still think I work for Gravy and they still think, I, and which is great. I'm like, yeah, totally. I'll hook you up with somebody. I can't help you, but I'm always happy to make introductions. But if nothing else shows, when they can identify with people that they already feel like they know, like, and trust on your team, that is going to go miles down the road than a logo. People do not connect with a logo more than recognition. I mean, they do in a sense of, okay, that's your brand and that's, you know, how it is. But when it comes to this new era of people really wanting to just peel back the layers and know, hey, are these people at Alice somebody I can trust? Are these people at Gravy people I can trust? Can I trust them not just with my business, but can I trust them with finances? Can I trust them with um, my career? Can I do all that? And people are less and less likely to trust um, a brand or a logo that's kind of nameless and faceless and more likely to trust people within that because people can articulate your company in 3D, whereas just brands and logos and looking at your website, that's just very 2D. And even your best customer case study still feels external. But when you really have employees who are advocates, not just of your brand, but as humans, I am like, guess what? I want to work with those people. Like, I don't just want to do a transactional business, but I actually like these people. And so we're talking relationships. And as we know, revenue is becoming more and more relational in its core. So when you do put people and humans at the front of your business and saying, hey, this is an imperfect person, but they're imperfect people who are working their hardest to love on you as a client or as a customer or treat your clients and customers like they would, then you are most much more likely to uh, engage in business transactions with them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because like I do ABM and Mark, but I like to tell people like I'm also somewhat of a, an evangelist because it's like, Again, we sell to film marketers, ABM, demand gen people. These are people like me every single day. And if people are connecting the dots of maybe I'm not posting about Alice specifically, but I am posting about ABM stuff, field marketing, like mm -hmm. personal branding. And then they just connect those dots. And like the number of inbounds that I've personally gotten that I've given to the sales team, just from people that have come across me, it's through the roof. And it's such an incredible thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not slowing down. Like, I think we're just at the cusp of the tip of people saying, okay, that's it. Even when we sign DMs or like if our team was answering or even, you know, my SDRs, like they prospected from personal accounts. I was very much against like within boundaries, <laughs> but it was like, or even if you reply from your company account, it's like so-and-so Sarah or blah, 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 Joel, like you still need to put a name and a person being like, Hey, I'm a human behind here. That's what people connect with. Exactly. Absolutely. And so speaking of that, outside of LinkedIn, how does being human centric help you build your personal brand within your career? 
Yeah. So I always say that you have a personal brand, whether you know it or not, like there's so much around. And I think people, I, I think I wrote on this first last summer and it was like, what? And now I think it's more like people are like, oh, okay, I get this. And your brand, you have a brand within your company. You have a brand within your family. You have a brand within your friends. And all you have to do is kind of ask like, okay, when I call or when an email comes in or they see my name, what are the things that come to their head, like come to their head first and foremost? And uh, what are they thinking about me? Well, same thing about being human and your approach and work. If you're trying to build, I feel like sounds like I'm trying to be someone I'm not. It's not that. If you're being intentional, we know this about putting yourself out there and that works the same thing for how you are within your company and no more so than right now when so much of our communication is not done through Zoom a little bit, but it's not just like popping by someone's office or saying, hey, you want to just go grab a quick bite to, you know, to eat. Like we're losing a lot of those human interactions that we used to have that would just help make us again a 3D person rather than a 2D, you know, Slack message. So going that, you know, step farther saying, okay, well, if I only have content to work with, which I'm like, every email you send is content, every Slack message is content, every post is content, comment, it's all content, you know? So when you start thinking about the words that you're using and you're using them like, hey, how can I infuse my personality? How can I maybe take a break from the keyboard, step back and think how things are gonna be received? And you really approach this as to what the human on the other side of this, how they're gonna receive it and how they're gonna think about it. It really helps you humanize your communication. But the cool thing that it does is it helps humanize your career. And people, I mean, whatever hot take people really like to work with people they like i think you wrote about this too nick it's like yeah. look i mean let's just be honest you can be the most skilled like kick butt awesome rock star but if you are a jerk you're you're not gonna stick around long like you will stick around if you're like there's nepotism and you're the CEO, <laughs> but probably even now then, then they're going to start jumping ship. Like you have got to protect your integrity and your character, but the best way you can do that is just truly th for and through your human communication with other people. So I think it, it goes so far into not just building your brand on LinkedIn, but just in advancing your career by, and this is more than like, just be a nice person. It's not be strategic, be smart, be all those things, but like use your words as a human. I love all of that. That actually brings me up to my next point kind of question for you. So you've got over 11,000 followers on LinkedIn and is, I, I got a few questions based on that. So like, is LinkedIn the only platform that you're active on? Are you trying to branch out to any others? Cause I started on LinkedIn as well, but I've tried to get over to Twitter. Hasn't gone as well as I thought it was going to go, but like, where do you see things going? We only stay on LinkedIn or what's your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm with you. I am mainly on LinkedIn. It's funny, I, I kind of conquered, so to speak, in the business world of Facebook previously. And I loved that. I loved it from a community building, you know, aspect. We didn't really have Slack communities. I mean, this was back in like 2011. So I'm aging myself. But I would say too, kind of I'm with you, like I'd love to branch out to Twitter, but not necessarily for, it's almost for a selfish reason of like, I really want to push the boundaries on short form copy. And even though I know you can thread and do all that kind of stuff, I feel like it's like the last horizon of uh, social media platforms that I would just personally, because I'm stubborn and I want to learn, probably like why I jumped in on LinkedIn. I'm like, I just want to learn things. So I could see myself branching out, but I'm, I'm like you where I'm like, I feel like I just put my baby toe into LinkedIn that, and I'm not saying like, 
you should only go all in on one platform. I just know for me, I'm limited with kind of my time and margin. So if I was to branch out to some place like Twitter, it would really be like, hey, that would force me to get even more concise and become a better writer. And then also kind of see who's out there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you on all of that. And so I think we're coming up on time. I have a few final questions for you. And I wanted to talk about content flow. So like, I read your stuff. And honestly, it's amazing. And like, I feel like you nail that flow, you nail the topics that you talk about, like, where do you store your ideas? Like, how do you think about what to write every single day? What does that thought process look like? Yeah, so I am anti everything that normal people tell you to do. <laughs> I always joke, I'm like the lazy guy to LinkedIn. Like it's not lazy at all, but I'm way more. And because I think, cause I'm a writer, I think I have a little more liberty of saying, you know what, I'm going to write fewer posts, but I'm going to make sure that they are really good because it's like going to a dentist who has bad teeth. You don't want to put that out there if that's your goal. So I went from being an SDR and talking a ton about sales. Now I am in sales now being my only salesperson. So I still have a lot to say about sales, but I think you and I have been kind of diving more into Justin Walsh's community and really saying, you know what, like, that's great that I can go wide. A bunch of us can, we're all multi dimensional humans, but I'm really trying to kind of niche down now more and more into um, writing as it goes. So for me, it's been kind of branching instead of going wide, I'm starting to go a lot deeper. So I write, I am like old school. I write everything on my notes in my phone because I do my best writing when I'm active and when I'm not sitting down doing that. So I'll do starter notes. I'll just have ideas as they come. I'll jot them, but then I will sit down and then just flesh them out and I'll knock out a few and then I'll be strategic on the time because I am the social and social media kind of person. So I will only post when I know I have time in my day that I can engage and respond. That's not for everybody, but that's my flow is if I've got pockets of time. Now, if I've got a crazy morning, I'm not going to post that day because that's just me. I'm not saying that's what everybody should do, but I believe in the engagement in the community side way more than, you know, just me posting something. But that works for me, um, may not work for me forever, but that's how I, I kind of store it. So I store, I start writing in notes, I flesh it out and we're moving over to LinkedIn. I don't use any scheduling software. I may in the moment, like I said, because I don't know on Saturday morning how my Tuesday is going to look. So I don't want to schedule that far. <laughs> and I may change my mind on what I'm going to talk about. So for me, I'm really trying to stick to writing, but kind of my sub niche in there is leadership. That is really my SME. Like that's where I'm best is when I'm actually talking about leadership topics, but it also fits in with my ICP who are usually, um, you know, CEOs or founders or people who are drawn to more leadership driven topics. That's amazing. That's it, it, it's similar for me, except I don't usually like write it out. I just kind of like spur the moment, like throw it up. I do for the most part, Monday through Friday, at least like throw mm -hmm. it up first thing, like eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock Eastern time. And like, cause I know I can engage with it for a little bit and like, I'll check in throughout the day and it doesn't work for everyone. Just similar to like you said, mm -hmm. but it works for me. Who knows how long it'll work. We'll see. But right now it does. And so the last question I have for you, and so the general audience of this podcast is, is marketers. And so for the marketer who has never posted a single thing on LinkedIn before, like what would you suggest they talk about or post about for that first time? 
Ooh, I love this. <laughs> so I feel like first time posters are like my people, you know, I'm like, just come talk to me all the time because I want to know because I just still have like such a heart for that. It's hard putting yourself out there. I mean, for the hundredth time, I never make light of that. So I think we get a little more conditioned to it. But for your first post, I am a big advocate of saying this is my first post. You should totally call it out. You should, and then this is what I did. But what I did was I tagged people, which now I'm like, I never tag people. I need to start tagging people again. <laughs> I'm like, never do. But because I had built kind of a behind the scenes community, but like people that I was like, hey, they're investing in me. I'm showing up. So I kind of did like all now I'd be like, oh crap, they're all big names. I didn't know any better. <laughs> But I was like, oh my God, these are five things that I've learned from sitting on the sidelines here on LinkedIn and getting my feet wet. And I tagged five people and just things that they had taught me that were genuine. This wasn't, and I talked to all of them. I knew all of them. And it was really an appreciation post, but also a, hey, I'm out here and I'm going to start doing this thing. Only a fraction of people see that. So it's not like I'm joining LinkedIn post, but I think that helps because it's not really about you. It's about your gratitude. And so I think that that lowers the bar and it's done correctly. It's like, hey, they appreciate that because now you're actually enhancing their personal brand because everybody knows that they're helpers and that they've helped you in your journey. So I think if it's genuine and it's saying, hey, I'm out here doing this thing, I'm a little nervous, then people, every time I've seen anybody be like, this is my first post, I'm always like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> So don't be afraid, just do that. Be genuine, be yourself. Shout out people who've maybe helped you, even if it's just your boss or your manager or you, Nick, like, hey, I listened to a podcast and you encouraged me. I think you can't go wrong with those kind of posts. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I definitely agree with that 100%. Amazing. So I know we're running up on time. So <laughs> where should people go to learn more about you, all the amazing things you're doing? You know, Plug whatever you want to plug. This is your moment to shine. Awesome. Well, first, my website is launching in July. July 15th is the goal. It's the due date. That will be happywordsell.com. So pretty easy, happywordsell. And then, of course, you can find me on LinkedIn, just Tara Horsemeyer. And just do Tara H. It'll probably pop up if you can't spell the last name. But that's really it. I'm pretty easy to find. Always happy to chat in the DMs. I promise a friendly reply. So definitely come say hello. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you again. It was amazing to spend time with you today and it was great to have you on Rep Your Brand. Thanks for having me, Nick. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.